I'm going to share God's Word from the Gospel of uh, Mark, chapter 4. I've been reading this. I've got stuck here and I'm going to stay here until I feel the release. Um, But I feel God wants to speak to all of us from this text, from this part of uh, the New Testament. Is that okay? And I'm going to read, obviously, a bit more detail than what I did last week. So if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you'll have an idea if you're just joining us today or uh, welcome back. But hopefully everyone can pick up from wherever I'm going today. Um, What we're hearing today is taken from the Gospels, like I've said, and they were written um, the audience that first heard this, how would they have responded to hearing these stories? Why did they need to hear it? What did they do with it? Did it help them? Did it confuse them? Did it annoy them? Or did they hold on to it like they were holding on to the very presence of God? The Word of God can actually do more than you can imagine, but it all depends on how you see it. If you see it as Jesus Himself, He is the personification of the Word. The Word was God. The Word is God. I thank God that our Heavenly Father didn't send us an astronaut or He didn't send us an entrepreneur or He didn't send us a mathematician, though that would help sometimes, especially at uni. A few years ago, I studied electrical engineering and I couldn't keep up because of the mathematics. And my maths teacher had an extra teacher, uh, uh, extra lessons to do maths to keep up with what was happening with the engineering. And I remember me and my friend, we were really struggling with maths. I mean, we weren't stupid, but we were just struggling with maths. I mean, some people, it just comes easy. Most of us, it doesn't. Or a few of us, it doesn't. But I remember the maths teacher, he loved jazz. He played in a jazz band. And though I wasn't very good at maths, I thought, well, at least I'm going to encourage him. So I asked him, where are you playing this week with your band? And he said, this pub. And I'm saying, we'll be there. So me and my friend, we went there and we cheered him on playing jazz. He was on the the big, the big violin, the double bass, whatever it is, you know, the big thing. The boo, 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 boo. And anyway, he was going for it and we were cheering him on. We bought him a drink and we said, man, you're the best jazz person we've ever seen in my life. And, 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 and guess what? That encouragement came back. Because when I was in the mass room with him, he started to help us too, that we're encouraging him in his jazz band. We call it favourite, teacher's favourite. Yes, we were. Buying a drink and cheering them in their moment of playing as a band will always help. What I am trying to say to you is though, is that there are some things in life where you've got to understand that the Word of God, it can go in and it can stay in. And sometimes it's not always easy for me Learning mass wasn't easy, so I had to work extra hard sometimes to receive it. Some people, it's easy, just straight in. They got this photographic memory. They just, everything they hear, they remember everything. And, and, I know, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I was like that, but I'm not. And I think sometimes we've got to remember, God doesn't just pick certain people. I think God is putting His wisdom and His Word out across the whole planet. And it's always interesting who receives it, who doesn't. 
Who repels it? Who receives it? And that's what's going on in this story. Mark chapter four is a story about four soils. And, and, and he's, he's trying to, so the writer obviously has captured something about Jesus because Jesus is now dead, probably dead for maybe 30, 40 years. And all the followers of Jesus, second, third generation, they need to hold on to the words of Jesus. What was He like? Why did He do it? How did He do it? And that's what we get through the New Testament. But one of the stories I wanna just take us on this is a story about what Jesus was said about soils. And I'm gonna read it to you and it says this, once again in an immense crowd that was following him, he got into a boat, he sat down and he talked from there. His usual method of teaching was to tell people stories. And one of them went this way. Listen, a farmer decided to sow grain. As he scattered it across the field, some of it fell on the path. And the birds came and picked it off the hard ground and ate Edit. Some see, some fell on thin soil with underlying rock. It grew up quickly enough, but soon wilted underneath the hot sun and dried because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seeds fell among thorns that shot up and crowded the young plants so that they produced no grain. But some of the seeds fell on good soil and produced 30 times as much as he had planted and some of it even 60 or 100 times as much. If you have ears to hear, listen. Afterwards, when he was alone with the 12 and, and some of the other disciples, they asked him, what does this story mean? And he replied, you are permitted to know some of the truths about the kingdom of God that are hidden to those outside of the kingdom. Though they see and hear, they will not understand or turn to God or even be forgiven of their sins. But if you can't understand this simple illustration, what will you do with all the others I'm going to tell you? The farmer I'm talking about is anyone who brings God's message to others. So Jesus is interpreting his own story. He's telling you what the story means. A farmer is anyone who brings God's message to others, trying to plant good seed within their lives. The hard pathway where some of the seed fell represents hard hearts. Of some of those who hear God's message, the enemy comes at once to try and make them forget it. The shallow soil is mixed with little rocks representing the hearts of those who hear the message with joy, but like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go down deep enough. And though at first they get along fine, as soon as persecution and pressure begins, they fall away. The thorny ground represents the hearts of people who listen to the good news and receive it, but all too quickly, the seed is choked by other things like the desire of this world, the deception of wealth, the search for success and the lure of nice things come in and crowd out God's message from their lives. So there is no crop produced. But the good soil represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message and produce plentiful harvest for God. For God, not for themselves, for God. 30, 60, even 100 times as much as planted in their hearts. Then he asked them, when someone lights a lamp, does he put a box over it and shuts out the light? Of course not. The light wouldn't be seen or useful. 
the lamp is placed on a stand to shine and be useful. The first group of people who heard this, read to them, spoken to them, what it would have done for them. It would have helped them to realize there's a decision here. What soil do you want to be? I believe they were facing challenges themselves, adversity. The Roman Empire was was dominating and continuing to dominate for some, some time. Everything that they held onto was being taken. It looked like it. Where can they go to be safe? And I think we need to know how to connect the Word of God from what was spoken originally to where it is today and what purpose does it have in our own lives? And I think what Jesus is doing here, He's giving us something that we can actually hold onto for our own lives. And, and I think it's important that we understand there's a tension here and it's good to have tension. Why? Because if there's no tension, nothing to win, nothing to lose, then that doesn't make it interesting at all. What makes movies and stories and novels interesting, what makes stories something that you actually, you know, um, lean into is because there's a tension. And, and, and what I know I'm trying to say in this moment is that you can see that everyone's story is not monotone. Everyone's story has twists and turns. Everyone's story has sometimes good starts and not good endings. Sometimes people have great starts and they have, uh, you know, good middles and then, and then it gets cut. But, and I'm just trying to say that that's okay. So wherever your story is right now, if it's messy, if it's complicated, if it's broken, if it's good, if it's what is it, it's It's just something we can learn from, from the Word of God. It comes down to, is the Word of God able to prosper in your heart? So if you're gonna call this message today, I would like to call it, what is the greatest investment in your life? What is the greatest investment in your life? What is the greatest investment that you have ever made with your life? Some of you, you would say your studies. For some of you, you would say maybe an item of clothing. My greatest investment was this pair of shoes. Oh my God. What is your greatest investment? Most times when we speak about investments, we tend to think economy. We think of finances. We think stocks and shares, the markets. But think about God. What has been His greatest investment? Has God got an investment that He considers the greatest investment He has ever made? Well, yes, He does. And the good news is for you and I, just to speak up, speed up the time here, is you, me, us, we are considered the greatest investment that He has ever made. What is the greatest investment? Is it just me alone? No, it's Christ in you. The greatest investment that God has ever made is to put Christ in in us, or another way of to put us in Christ. It's a new identity. It's a new chapter. It's a new story. And better than that, it's a new future. You can't get this with religion. You can't get this with ceremony. You can't get this with rituals. Is it good to write things down that have hurt you and to bury them and to burn them? Yes, and you can do that in water baptism. That's what we do in water baptism. We literally take to the grave everything that we don't like. 
the pain, the shame, the guilt, whatever it is, whoever it is, you take it down and you leave it there. That's why you go down into a grave and you come up into resurrection. It's the greatest investment God will ever make in your life is He will put you in Christ, a resurrected Christ. Thank God He didn't just die for us. Oh my goodness, we would be crying forever. <laughs> I remember watching Mel Gibson's film a few, when it first came out. Anyone know what it's called? The, the Passion. I remember going to the movies to watch it and, and um, people were behind me going, oh, why did they do that to that nice man? Why did they do that to And I was like wanting to answer them, but also can't really do that in the movies. But good news is, is He didn't just die for us. The good news is He rose again from the dead to leave us, lead us forevermore. So what am I trying to say to you with this message today is that in Mark's Gospel, just one of the stories and there's many more, why would He light you up to hide you? He lights us up so we can be seen and we can be heard and, and more importantly, we can be useful. You, you don't bring the old, you bring the new. You don't bring the old you, you bring the new you, the better you, the better version of you. Amen? And this is what this story is about. It's about soils that actually can produce for the kingdom. And so let's have a look at it. The first soil is interesting because it said it's hard soil. But this is the thing that it says, birds came and stole the Word of God. And this is the reality for you and I. There is an enemy and the enemy does not want you to go and receive the Word of God for your life. And if the enemy knows that you've received the Word of God, the enemy doesn't want you to take it serious. If the greatest investment in your life is Jesus, He doesn't want you. So if He can't stop you getting Jesus, He can try to delay you from watering that which God has put in your life. But it's amazing how hard hearts always hurt themselves. What has hardened your heart? When you reject truth, gospel truth, God's truth, your heart doesn't get softer, your heart actually gets harder. It's like putting another layer of stone, another layer of stone, another layer of stone. And the tragedy about hard hearts is that you have got no ability to be empathetic with a broken world. Your ability to love weakens. Your ability to help others, understand others, to come close and lift, is diminished. A hard heart doesn't only just ruin you, it ruins others around you. Many of people who've got stories where their parents, grandparents, omas and opas who've grown up in war, we have yet to see the effects of Ukraine and, and Russia and the consequences there and other war-torn parts of the world, troubled communities and troubled nations. But I need you to understand what God is saying here. He wants the Word of God to be able to go into your life and to prosper. And I believe that it is our responsibility to be able to receive the Word of God. It's interesting, it says that one of the seeds, the seeds go into soil that was shallow. And it says this, the sun, this is talking about exposure, exposed to the sun, and how many people know it's not good to be exposed to the sun for too long because it can damage our skin, it can damage our lives. We know that metaphorically, but the point, I'm, or physically, but metaphorically, it's also saying here that when you say yes to the Word of God, 
You've got to be able to live it, not just here on Sunday, but can you live it tomorrow? Can you live it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Can you live it next week, next month, next year? Not everyone is going to be clappy, clappy, clappy because you've come to, to know Jesus. So not everyone is going to rejoice when you say, yes, the greatest investment ever is in my life. I've been found in Christ and Christ is in me. So yeah, you've got to have a responsibility. And for us who are growing in Christ, is to help those who are new to faith, new to the story of faith. Best thing that ever happened to me was not a new Christian's class. I got invited home to dinner, roast lamb and Yorkshire pudding. Someone brought me home. They cooked me dinner and gave me a Bible. And then six months later, they gave me Joyce's phone number. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say to you is this. Can the Word of God prosper in your heart? Will the Word of God prosper in your heart? Are you going to allow your life to be shallow rocks? It is your responsibility to surround yourself with people who are going to help water the greatest investment you have ever received. But it's interesting. So the birds are going to steal. The sun is going to scorch. The one that I find the challenging one more than any other is the thorns. And it describes what the thorns are, the desire of other things. I want Jesus, but I want Him. I want Jesus, but I want Him to get me that really cool job. Do you want the healer or do you want the healing? Both. Well, that's a good answer. You see, often we want what people can do for us but at the end of the day, what really means more to us is do you want me? Do you want a puppet? Do you want a pretender? Do you want me to fake it till I make it? What do you want from me? Do you want just the good side of me? But I've got to really work hard at using my energy to keep the crazy side of me out of this. These are the things we all have to navigate and so the Word of God will go out to whosoever believes. And I think Jesus, or what's being captured through this gospel is, again, what Jesus was initially saying and how we as believers are holding on to this so we can continue to grow and to hold on to Him. But the thorns will choke the Word of God, and that's other things. What's the other things that's choking the Word of God over your life? I want the Word of God, however... Do you don't believe the Word of God can get you that job? Do you don't believe the Word of God can get you that future? Do you don't believe the Word of God can heal your home, your phone, your, your phone, your family? <laughs> Lord, heal my phone right now. Do you don't believe the Word of God can do more for you than this or that or him or her? I think what's going on is a tension. The tension is something to win, something to lose. And you know the beautiful thing about heaven? They gives us the answer. The thorns are not going to help you. Will you deal with the thorns? How do you deal with the thorns? By just deciding what soil you're going to be. Are you going to be cluttered soil, divided soil, shallow soil, hard soil? I don't want to be hard. I want to be soft. I don't want to be shallow. I want to have my roots going down so deep that no storm can shake me, no persecution can knock me, no obstacle can take me out. 
No bad news is going to take me out. Whatever can be shaken, I will not be shaken because I'm building my life on Him. I don't want to be filled with thorns. I don't want my life to be choked with other things. Turn your worry into worship. How do you do that? That's why we need to help each other, to be there for each other. But I really want to help you see this last soil. It says that there's one soil, good soil. And, and it's not about a moral compass here, people. We play games with the good and the bad in our lives. Who's good? Who's bad? And who gets to decide? But it does clearly say that there is a soil that is able to receive the Word of God and not just receive it, able to produce for the kingdom 30, 60, 100 fold. And I need you to understand that the greatest investment that God has ever made and will ever make is to put us in Christ. You are in Christ. Christ is in us. Now water that investment with what? My opinions? TikTok? Sorry, I know some of you get upset. You're like, you got such an attitude with TikTok. I'm sorry. I repent. I take it back. I love it. I just don't use it. Sorry, because I know some of you are like, eh. No, I'm just trying to say you don't water your investment with social media. You, in, you water your, the, the, the investment that God has made with the Word of God. Well, I'm just going to live off Sunday's Word. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's not enough. I heard that. Well, keep hearing it. Hold on to it. Honor it. Like you would water a beautiful garden. The good things don't come easy. Like a good garden. You have to work at producing a good garden. So this is what I believe heaven can give us today. This is what God's Word can give us. I believe that the soil that is the fruitful soil is the surrendered soil. So how surrendered are you? How surrendered am I? It's not surrendering for a moment, not surrendering for a day, but staying surrendered. Can you stay surrendered all the days of your life? Because that's where the Word of God will and can prosper. So what do you need to let go of? What thorns do you need to say, hey, no more? What is it you say, hey, God, I really want this, but... And this is the investment that God has given you. If you've received Christ, I'm going to read one more verse for you. that I believe really summarizes what God has done for us through Jesus. And if I never got to do another message, would this help all of us? Well, I trust that it would. The thing I want to try and help everyone understand is if you look at the other soils, is there's a consequence. There's a consequence. We don't like consequences. But if we do something in life, and never experience the consequences of what we've done. If your behavior is inappropriate, but you never experience the consequences of that inappropriate behavior, do you become a better person or do you become a monster? Have I answered the question for you? Doing what my Bible college teacher did. There is something called consequences. There is something called tension. That's what this story is showing us that there is something to lose. There is something, but then it says, hey, but why would we 
Why would we not allow the Word of God? Because the Word of God will carry you, sustain you, provide for you, bring you where you can't bring you. All I'm saying to you is, is that don't live your life full of thorns because it will choke the very thing that will feed the investment that God has given you. The enemy doesn't want you to have the investment. That's why there's a fight for people to come to know Christ. That's why we proclaim the good news. So whosoever believes can receive. But when you've received the greatest investment in your life, it is about what are we going to do to water that investment? What are we going to do to honour that investment? What are we going to do to keep receiving the Word of God for our lives? Is this about Bible studies? Sometimes people say, oh, I heard Pastor Mark doesn't like Bible studies. I do. I love the Word of God. I just don't think Bible study is going to change anything unless you live it, apply it, get it to work in your life. The reason we can feed our families today is because the farmers harvest. They don't just sow a seed and walk away. They harvest And then they bring the harvest to the table so we can feed our families and build our lives. Well, the Word of God wants to grow in you, wants to grow through you so that you can just not feed yourself. No, you can feed the family. You can feed the generations. You can feed the multitudes. The Word of God is rich and it will multiply 30, 60, 100 fold to to whoever is surrendered. I've never seen a field fight a farmer. I've never seen a field go. And I've never seen a farmer in a rush. If you will rest, he will work. Let the Word of God work on your behalf. But it's going to need a surrendered heart. Oh! Yeah, that's why it's a fight. Do you want Him? Do you want all of Him? Because He wants all of you. He doesn't want some of you. He doesn't want a part-time relationship. He doesn't want your hand, your toe. He doesn't want your ear. He doesn't want your nose. He wants all of you, head to toe, inside and out. He wants everything, good, bad and ugly. He's the only one who will forgive us of all our sins. He's the only one who's capable. He's the only one who is holy. He's the only one that is qualified before the Father to present us perfect before the Father. Father, Father, put all of the mess on me. Father, Father, put all the sin on me, all the shame, all the guilt, all the rebellion, all the anger, all the pain, all that's wrong with atoms and people, places and things. Everything, Father, put it upon me on the cross. And all that's right with me, put it on them. It's called the work of the cross. It's called the work of Jesus. It's called the work of heaven. It's called the redemptive story. It's called the everlasting promise that you and I, what is the greatest investment? You are in Christ and Christ is in you. That's the greatest thing that's ever going to happen to you, my friend. And if you don't think that's good enough, I don't know what you are on. Water that investment. It will not disappoint. It will carry. It will sustain. And I've told you, rest in Him and let Him work 
on your behalf. Let the Word work for you. And that's what I believe His Word is saying to us, but what is the soil that works for the kingdom? Surrendered. Here I am, Lord. Take all of me. Take all the complicated bits, all the messy bits, all the grumbling bits, all the complaining bits, all the fragile bits, all the wobbly bits. Take all the good bits because I got some of them too, Lord. Take all of me. But I'm telling you now, it's all of you or none of you. It's all of me or none of me. It's not that kind of relationship. It's called all in. You want to see kingdom fruit? Surrender, surrender, surrender. That's why it's a fight and the enemy doesn't want you to see it, doesn't want you to receive it. And even if you have received it, he doesn't want you to actually stay surrendered. He wants thorns in there. He wants the sun to expose. He wants the enemy to steal from you. But today, it's a new day. Today, the Word of God will and can prosper. Let that light shine and let that light be bright and let the Word take you where only the Word can take you in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen.